Brothers and sisters, today we'll just take a little break from the readings of St. Manuel just to do something a little bit different and just want to come to this whole theme of contemplation again. You know that the, the Lord in the Eucharist is a very deep, deep mystery. very nature of the Eucharist calls us to contemplate. We're not going to enter the, the heart of Christ unless we have this profound faith. And, and in one sense, it, 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 the mystery impresses itself upon us. It, it, I don't want to say forces itself upon us, but we are in one sense, if we want to really enter adoration, we, we have to enter contemplation to get to the deepest heart of what the Eucharist is. Because if we look just with our eyes, we see only bread. But with an act of faith and going beyond just knowing that Jesus is there to really enter into his heart, we have to pray for the grace of contemplation and to pass from meditation into contemplation. I'm just going to use the book, The Eucharist, Our Sanctification, by Father Rainero Cantelamessa. He's a Franciscan, very well known in the charismatic renewal. He's a cardinal. He's also um, the, the, the preacher of the papal household for, since, I think, John Paul and the Benedict and now Francis. Um, very well known for his own great, profound conversion with the Holy Spirit um, and very much an advocate of the renewal of the, of praying for the renewal of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church. And he has a section in his book called I Look at Him and He Looks at Me and that's from the famous um, St. John Vianney which you've heard me quote before where he saw this man this coming every day, spending long hours in front of the, of the Blessed Sacrament. And he said, what are you doing? He says, well, I look at him and he looks at me. <laughs> we love each other, you know. So this, this is, um, the, that, that phrase takes the title of this part of his book. And he says that, you know, silence is the dearest spouse of contemplation. It protects it as Joseph protected Mary. It's not amazing that Joseph is this image of silence, you know, this, principle of silence. He's the silent man in the scripture. We see nothing from his words other than what's happening to him. And he protects Mary, he protects Jesus. And, and he's the principle of silence in that sense. And so we need to, contemplation requires a lot of silence this, to, to find the still point of the world. And you know, he says to contemplate is to intuitively fix the mind on the divine reality. This could be God himself or one of his attributes or mystery in Christ's life. So we start to meditate and might think of God's goodness, might think of the cross, we might think of the transfiguration, we might think of the baptism, whatever mystery, we might start to just hold that truth in our mind, get distracted, we come back to it. And, and, and he says that to, and we relish his presence in this mystery, you know, because we think of Christ in the mystery, the moment we think of Christ, something happens, right? The image of Christ is in our mind. But we know with faith that that is more than an image. We actually make contact with Jesus. In meditation, the search for truth prevails. While in contemplation, delight in the found truth prevails. So that's beautiful. So meditation is like a search for truth. Searching for Christ. Leaving the house. You know, just searching the streets as the Song of Songs says. Looking for the beloved. But, but contemplation is like possession. It's, it's, it's when we get to rest in the Lord. We found him. You know, he, he, he starts to come, loom into our presence in our mind and heart. He starts to come into sight in one sense, through faith. And the delight then that comes from being found, from finding him, is, is, is contemplation in one sense. 
He then quotes Hugh of St. Victor. Uh, I'm doing a course at the moment and we're looking at the Victorines, you know, like Richard of St. Victor, Hugh of St. Victor, this famous monastery that produced amazing uh, spirituality and, and doctrine at the time, uh, around the time of St. Thomas Aquinas, so looking at Middle Ages. And Hugh of St. Victor says, contemplation is a free, penetrating and still gaze. St. Bonaventure says, it's a loving look at God. So it's just closing your eyes, you know, we just, your faith tells you Jesus is there. And if, if you actually believe Jesus is there, that must trigger something in your soul. The, the difficulty is to really just sit and, and, and really make that deep act of faith. And then he goes on to, to speak about that if at times our gaze weakens, God's never does. So sometimes Eucharistic contemplation just means keeping Jesus company. Being there under his gaze, giving him the joy of contemplating us too. You know, this is the thing I said yesterday, that adoration is not just a one-way thing, it's a two-way thing. We contemplate Christ, but that Christ is truly there and he sees us and in his divine knowledge, his divine, his human soul, he's looking at us, he's contemplating us, he's looking into our life. Unlike just when we see somebody in front of us, Christ sees everything. He sees all the people who've asked us to pray for um, for our prayers, he sees all the troubles, the anxieties, and just this, this is something that, for me personally, um, I was struck by. You know that when I see the gospels, the way Jesus looks at people, the way he he initiates things before they even ask him. Uh, for me, I often just feel like I put myself in front of Christ. I don't even have to say a thing. He contemplates me. He he he, he searches my life. He knows. He just knows. I say, Lord, look, I'm here, and and that kind of act of faith and trust must please the Lord greatly. You know, although we are but useless creatures and sinners, we're still the fruit of his passion for which he gave his life. And so, therefore, this is very important to remember. So I pray the Lord give us a grace of contemplation.